Pete McCarthy, Tim Britton, another edition of the Metrospective. And we're going to look into the offseason and potential free agent signings for the Mets and, and some of the big names. Uh, Tim this week writing about JT Real Muto. But it is the middle of Major League Baseball's postseason. Some of these games are going late. And I know, Tim, you could get busy. I'm curious, have you dabbled into food delivery for a second time <laughs> in your life since? No. I mean, the first one went so poorly that why would I, why would I ever go back into it you know it would, maybe in another three four years i can contemplate it oh but gosh. you know there's plenty of time to cook when the the dodgers score 11 in the top of the first pete what's what's tim Britton's best dish best dish Ooh, uh i make a pretty good chicken tikka masala uh and i i busted out some butternut squash tortellini the other day that's mm. that's uh that's that's something i never would have contemplated eating like eight months ago Look at this butternut squash tortellini from Tim Britton. That's uh, that's high class. I'm all, I, I'm all about the pre-made. Well, not pre-made. The uh, the kits. I, I get mm-hmm. the kits in the box and then I put them together and cook that way. It's getting better. It's better than just peanut butter and jelly every day. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's one of the uh, the changes of of married life is I can't just <laughs> have cereal for dinner three times a week. I feel more self conscious about that. Unless she really likes cereal, too. Then then you're all game. Uh, as far as the Mets go, look, JT Realmuto has been talked about forever as a, a target for the Mets. And Mets fans are very familiar with him. They, they've seen him in the division with Miami and now Philadelphia the last couple of years. He's a tremendous athlete behind the plate. Dude can hit. He's good defensively. Uh, we saw the play with Philadelphia this year where even when he's not involved, he's involved and he's on deck and he's... Uh, telling the runner where to slide. I think it was Roman Quinn coming into the plate and uh, was able to to help guide him to a run there. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that baseball fans, people who know the game, just absolutely love. Now, what you fear is he's a catcher uh, approaching his 30s, and look, he's, he's going to get a lot of money. Uh, do you break down, how do you break down JT Realmuto as a fit for this Mets team? Because we know they have a need at that position. Yeah, I think it's probably it's the Mets' biggest need from a position player standpoint. Uh, is is you know like they can probably well <laughs> it's catcher in center field and 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 maybe they're they're equal at the top of that. But with with Real Muto, you know everyone says with a catcher like ooh, but it's a catcher, it's a catcher. Mm-hmm. How does how do they go into their thirties? And and look, there's there are plenty of warning signs with catchers. You know, you look at someone like Jonathan Lucroy, who was the best catcher in baseball when he was 29. Uh, and was a replacement player basically when he was 31. Like it happened fast to someone like that. Another guy um, Mets fans drooled over for a long time. Right. Uh, so with Real Muto, you know, I, I think I, I looked into kind of how catchers age uh, into their 30s, and it's it's not great, um, but it's also not that different from most other positions these days. I think you know catchers. Um, you know, if you average, say, two and a half war as a catcher in your prime, the prime is basically 26 to 31. So if you sign Real Muto, you'd expect basically two more years around where he's been lately, which is, you know, a 115 OPS plus. You don't want to overstate what he does offensively. Like, he's a good offensive player. Uh, he's a great offensive player for a catcher. He's mm-hmm. not Mike Piazza. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, after 31, you know, you, you go, you start dropping down a little bit to where you're a useful player, but not a star player. Uh, and the, the thing that I think stands out about catchers is they stay there, you know, in part because they can't move anywhere else. Like, you know, no one plays center field after 33, basically. It's like Lorenzo Cain is the only guy who's done that the last couple of years. Curtis Granderson. Uh, 
<laughs> no one it. no one should be playing center field after yeah. 33 uh and you know you look at second base and shorts like premium defensive positions guys don't play when they get 32 33 years old mm-hmm. catchers one spot where they do um and real muto is athletic enough to make you think he can stay there through 33 34 35 uh, you've got the DH, presumably now, going forward to give him a rest. You can just imagine how much the Mets would have enjoyed that with Piazza on the roster. Uh, and, you know, you, catchers don't get collided into quite as often as they used to. So that's good in terms of thinking how he might age. So And look, he's know. got less wear and tear after this season, right? I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, even though he had the played. hip issue at the end, it's not like he had to catch 150 games in Philadelphia. So I, I think if you're looking, like, ideally for the Mets, they would be signing him to a, a like, big money, shorter term deal, like two to four years. Uh, it's probably going to take more than that. Um, I, I don't know if there's a team out there who's going to sign him to a six-year deal, which would take him through when he's 35. Uh, he turns 30 just before the start of next season. Uh, Come on, five if, years, you know, 120, Tim. If there's The compromise is probably right around there. I actually saw someone, someone comment on my story with that. Uh, and I thought that was a that was a reasonable compromise. That gets him his his five years. Uh, it gets him the highest average annual value for a catcher. Uh, beats out Joe Maurer. Uh, I think he's still going to want to push for six. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you have to pay a little bit more of a premium to get him for just five. But uh, he, he's one of those guys. It's interesting to see what the market will be like because there's so you know across the sport you don't know what guys teams are going to be going after hard. But considering you've got the Mets. The Phillies and maybe the Yankees all interested in him. Maybe there isn't the kind of 2020 discount for him that there might be for someone else. And look, even if his offense drops off, he is good enough defensively. Uh, You look at what Zach Wheeler said about working with JT Real Muto, someone who's worked with these Mets catchers of the recent past. And it just seems to be a different dynamic with Real Muto where, again, even if you're not getting the offensive numbers that he put up in Miami and in Philadelphia— you're getting something that the Mets just haven't had in a long time, which is a, a really good defensive catcher and someone who works well with the pitching staff. Yeah, and, and someone who, who does appear to be a, a kind of clubhouse leader, uh, the, the way he was, in, you mentioned, in, in Philly. Uh, you know, the, there's so much value to what a catcher does defensively. Like that, the, it, it's unseen um, and it's hard to quantify necessarily. I mean, we've gotten better at it. Uh, but this is one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, and he's gotten better the last couple of years in Philly uh, since he came over from Miami. So even yeah, even if he's kind of a league average to slightly above league average offensive player, uh, his OPS is you know 780 or something like that. Uh, there's still a ton of value because of what he does all around. And, you know, he's a good base runner too. He's he's not slow mm-hmm. uh, the way most catchers are. And if we're playing the either-or game, which who knows, maybe we don't have to with uh, Steve Cohen, it's kind of either JT Real Muto at catcher or you get the premier outfielder in this class in George Springer. Now, uh, Springer, as he works his way up the the aging ranks here, he's already 31 years old, uh, so I guess that's a mark against him. He doesn't seem like a guy that you look at as a center fielder for any length of time. So I, I don't think that he fulfills the Mets' need in the way that they, they already have Conforto and Nimmo and these corner guys. They need a true center fielder. I don't think Springer's nearly as good a fit as Real Muto. Yeah, I, th- I think if you look at Springer, it's it's a shorter-term solution in center field. You know, like like I was just saying, you can't 
expect a guy to be playing center field at 33. So it's probably a year or two of him as a palatable center fielder. And then you're right back in the spot where you are now wondering, can this guy play center? We might be able to get away with it. So if you're going to sign Springer, you probably have to have a longer term plan with what you want to do with Nimmo and Conforto. Uh, if you if you want those three as your outfielders, it's not going to work really into 2023 and beyond. Uh, so, you know, but at the same time, Springer, you look at his numbers uh, and he is a pretty significantly better offensive player even than Real Muto. Uh, you, you look at what he's done. It's it's Real Muto is kind of a, a 115 to 120 OPS plus guy. I think he got up to 125 this year and Springer is like a 140 OPS plus guy uh, and obviously has pretty significant postseason experience where he seems to hit home runs in every game uh so that that's really nice to have uh and maybe that's enough for you to say you know what we'll, we'll sneak by with him in center field for a year or two we'll trade we'll let conforto walk in free agency or we'll trade brandon nimmo uh like and then that. move to a corner and and find another center fielder at that point but I think that's the kind of that's the kind of mindset you'd have to have if you want to give him, uh, you know, a nine-figure deal, which would be bigger than than whatever Real Muto is going to get, I would assume. Would you look at Springer as a an improvement over Conforto from if you look from here forward? Because I I would not. I think it's it's tough to say that because because of the age difference, uh, and I think you know you know Conforto fits. I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think Springer would struggle in New York or something. You know, Conforto fits this clubhouse and this this city, uh, and he's also three years younger, uh, which is a yeah. pretty big deal. You're probably only getting you know another two years of, of prime Springer, and you might get five of Conforto. So I, I would. The only thing is basically the right-handed, left-handed balance of the lineup. You could probably use a right-handed hitter more uh, if if Conforto were right-handed. It might be a little bit better. Uh, but I, I would probably pick Conforto going forward. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And again, maybe this is a, a new era where the Mets can have it all in Real Muto and Conforto and Springer. But uh, you know, realistically, there aren't a whole lot of teams that operate in that way. Uh, it's not just how the Mets have been in recent years. Now, the Mets could also use some help in the rotation. Trevor Bauer coming off a phenomenal season, a 1.73 ERA. He's the top available free agent starting pitcher. Marcus Stroman would be behind him. And then... You, know, you look in the recent past, maybe the last decade or so, and, and who the Mets have signed in free agency for starting pitchers. It's guys like Bartolo Colon and Jason Vargas and Rick Porcello and Michael Waka. They haven't reached in a big way uh, very often, so this would be a change. Bauer would be fascinating in New York with his personality. He wants to be out there. He likes stirring it up on social media, on radio shows, the whole nine yards. He would be everywhere. Uh, but you look at his career, and yes, this is the best season, and he had a terrific year in 2018 as well, but it, it's a roller coaster. You've had a number of organizations that seem like they had enough of him uh, in what Cleveland, Arizona, uh, and, and being moved around a bit. Yeah, I think you would have to. This is this is one of those situations where you know you don't usually consult your clubhouse when you're making free agent signings. I don't think you don't try to give players that much power. I might, you know, if if Jacob Degrom is your best player and the, the long term piece you have here for a while, I might ask Jacob how he would feel about having this kind of personality on the pitching staff as his number two, uh, to see if ha whether he would welcome that and like that. Uh, I don't know whether DeGrom and, and Bauer have any relationship. I know, you know, Bauer and, and Garrett Cole famously do not have a good one uh, from their time at UCLA together. Uh, so, I, you know, you'd want to know how he fits 
personality wise as well as talent wise talent wise he fits um you know i've seen people compare him to Strowman, and you look at kind of the life of the the body of their work is pretty similar in terms of era what i like about bauer uh is that he's a strikeout guy uh and the mets as you know pete aren't a great defensive team uh so probably a better fit for this roster i mean you're gonna have to pay a bigger premium for that compared to a guy like Strowman. clearly especially after what happened for both of them in 2020 um but I, I'm, I'm not buying the idea that, that Strowman is as good as Bauer at the moment uh, because of the way he goes about it. But uh, he's a reasonable fallback. So when, when we talk about, like, who would you rather have, Rio Muto, Springer, or Bauer, I think the drop-off between Bauer and the next best option in the rotation is smaller than the drop-off is at those other two positions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, let's go lightning round for some of the, the remaining free agents here. But you mentioned the, the defensive problems for the Mets. And shortstop is a position that they could look to upgrade. You have Marcus Semien, Didi Gregorius, and, and a guy that I just love to watch. And I'm not sure he's a perfect fit for the Mets, but Andrelton Simmons will be a free agent as well. He really hasn't hit in recent years, but is still a lead at shortstop. He'd be a fun player to kind of mix in. And if, look, Rosario's not going to develop... It's not a lot of money. Probably get a one-year deal for Simmons, and you know maybe you're able to help out this pitching staff in a big way. Yeah, I mean he's one of those guys that it's, it'll be really fascinating to see where the market goes for him, how it values him. Because two years ago, this was an MVP candidate because he was he was hitting for the, those couple seasons in Anaheim. Uh, he hasn't the last two. Didn't really in Atlanta before that. Uh, and it, but is such a phenomenal defensive player, uh, and, and in a way that you think like he can stay there for a little while. He is the Lorenzo Kane of shortstop. Like he'll mm-hmm. be able to play that position for a little while. Uh, and it's not the worst thing in the world if you've got Andres Jimenez playing third base, mixed into the the third base action, or playing some second base. Uh, that that can improve your overall defense. I just don't think it's their priority going into the offseason. I think they'll probably look more at a traditional third base option, and even that would be you know, fourth in the priority list after what we've been talking about with catcher center and, and the rotation, maybe even fifth after the bullpen. So I'd, I'd be surprised if the Mets were in on that. But yeah, like it, like you said, if it's a one-year thing and, and you can get them at a, a pretty reasonable price, I wouldn't be against being able to watch Angelton Simmons play shortstop on a regular basis. How about DJ LeMayu at third base? <laughs> I think Mets fans would love that. <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be a big strike for Steve Cohen coming in and taking one of the most popular Yankees. Right, it, it's I'm I'm interested to see how much he values something like that, and how much the Yankees would fight against that. Can Steve Cohen come? Like, you know, for for so long we've had the idea of like the Mets might be able to drive up the price, but at a certain point the Yankees will pay what's necessary to make the Mets go away. <laughs> um, 
And maybe that's that's what they do here is just kind of make the Yankees uncomfortable and sweat through it a little bit. Uh, or maybe the Yankees say, you know, maybe the Mets are at a point financially where they can say, you know, you know what, we want them. We're going to pay more than whatever you offer throughout. You know, that's that's how Steve Cohen bought his house, essentially. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if he, he, if he values DJ LeMahieu the way he'd value a house. Well, you know, it's... It's about announcing your presence or, uh, you know, changing the brand a little bit for the Mets. I mean, that it, it doesn't strike you as a superstar player coming in, even though LeMayo has been an MVP candidate in recent years. But it, it would be a big strike in the city of New York. I just can't imagine the Yankees letting him get away. And I, I would think LeMayo is pretty comfortable in pinstripes as well. I'll throw one more name out there. Someone uh, familiar to Mets fans, seeing him in the division so much over the years, but Marcus Semien still in the playoffs at the Atlanta Braves. I can't imagine he's a fit as a corner outfielder that the Mets, as we've talked about, have a billion of these guys, but uh, what do you think of Semien? You mean Ozuna, right? I'm sorry, Ozuna. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, I don't think he's a fit. I, I think the right-handed bat is a fit. Like the, the thing you, you really like about LeMahieu is man, that's a guy who'd look really good at the top of this order, mixed mm. in with Nimmo and McNeil and Conforto from the left side. Uh, Ozuna is the same same way. You know, you look at what the Braves did after losing Donaldson and pivoting to Ozuna for the one year deal, uh, and how perfectly he balanced the top of their lineup. Um, but he's basically a DH at this point. You know, he played so little of the outfield. His his shoulder is what what used to be a really strong sh- throwing arm is now uh, one of the worst in baseball because of the shoulder issues he's had. Uh, so, you know, if you add him, then you've got to find a spot for Dominic Smith uh, and J D Davis, and it just becomes a a real difficult positional uh, puzzle. The way it 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 has Always been, has been. for so long, <laughs> yes. uh, and it just complicates it. Whatever clarity you got from there being a DH becomes muddled again. But it is exciting to be able to think about some of these things and the possibilities that are ahead for the Mets with this impending ownership change. Uh, as for our podcast here, the Metrospective, we will no longer be on the regular twice a week uh, schedule, but uh, we'll be with you for any breaking news when Steve Cohen becomes the owner of this team, perhaps a press conference for that, looking ahead to free agency. Uh, we'll have some episodes coming up in the weeks ahead, but not the uh, the regular twice uh, per week consistency that uh, you've had here since uh, since the start of the baseball season. But uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future. There's always something happening with the New York Mets to discuss, and uh, we will do so uh, along with Tim Britton. Pleasure, Tim. Always, Pete. Adios. Adios.